0: Huh? Yeah. Okay. Now, just picture me high up with my top down on Highland and sunset doing 85.
1: Well, hello, welcome back to another episode of Down the Hall Podcast. I'm Chet, and I'm here with Rodney. We're going to be talking through Captain Fantastic, which, you know, I think. The the genius of our two brains, Rodney, came up with the description. It's like the Swiss family Robinson meets Little Miss Sunshine. That's true. Now, hey, here's a question for you, though. Why are we here?
0: Uh, So, Chet, we are here because uh, Netflix is impossible to navigate. And also, in addition to that, so is Redbox. Yeah. And so is HBO Go, and it's impossible to navigate because it's hard to decide what you want to watch. Yeah. Yeah. A person spends Agreed. roughly 115 hours just searching for a movie to watch. Jet, if we could give, if I could give you back, you specifically, mm-hmm. 115 hours mm-hmm. in a calendar year, mm-hmm.
1: what would you do? I would learn how to master the uh, the Chinese, like, bead calculators. That's mm. That's me. why, you that, know what, you don't
0: deserve one. it. That's why you will be stuck on this podcast forever, because... uh no one, including the man upstairs, does thinks that you deserve that time back if that's what you're going to spend it doing.
1: Is there a man upstairs? Did you Airbnb a, a room?
0: Yeah, he paid, he paid a decent rate for your room.
1: Oh, boy. Okay. Well, in today's episode, what we're going to do is we're going to talk through the movie Captain Fantastic. So what that means is Rodney will give you basic info about it, where you can find it, where we found it. Um, I will then give a description of kind of why we feel this is a really strong recommendation. It's definitely worth your time. And then at that point, we are going to talk through, Rodney, what's the topic today? What's the topic we're looking at? So
0: we're doing a new thing today where we're doing topics, and we're going to talk about kid actors.
1: Yeah, because this movie was filled with kid actors. And filled with And it's always impressive to me when... Always. Someone at that age can do such an amazing performance. So like,
0: at, at the age where it's like... I don't know. I was probably like eating boogers still. Definitely. You know?
1: Absolutely. So that makes no sense. we're going to come back to that. And then at the very end of the episode, we'll, we'll have already given you fair warning by kind of semi signing off, but we're going to get into a little bit more of a spoiler section where we're going to give a more detailed plot description of this movie. Talk about some of the, the finer points.
0: Indeedly do.
1: Well, I don't know how you get a
2: podcast, but you should look into it. Yes, of course. It's down the hall.
1: I'm psyched, And here we
0: go. Let me get into giving you a little bit of uh, basic information. So, basically, Captain Fantastic. Despite the cover, I thought it was like a Wes Anderson type movie, and it's not, not at all. Um,
1: See, I thought it was like a, a superhero movie, Captain Fantastic. Oh, really? yeah. yeah.
0: So the name again. We I think at some point we should do an episode just on names because you know that can be they can be misleading. But this is essentially the story of uh, a father who is raising his children out in the wilderness. Um, and due to a funeral that they have to attend, they kind of have to reinsert themselves back into society. And so it's kind of like the tension. So he's raising them out in the wilderness, like teaching them, learn like they are really, really intelligent, really educated kids. But it's kind of that whole confronting, like, so uh, you know, whether or not that's a good thing, you know, to be separated from society. There's all sorts of benefits that he's kind of instilling within them. But then at the same time, kind of that, reintegration into society and you know that tension uh and whether that's a good thing or not um and uh the movie was directed and written by matt ross uh stars viga mortensen uh who i always think of as legolas is that who it is uh, you could think of him like that yeah uh,
1: it would not be accurate
0: it was who? aragorn thank you aragorn yeah. that's what i said uh but it also stars george mckay Samantha Eisler. It's a
1: comedy
0: slash drama, I guess. Uh it's about two hours long, just shy of two hours long, and it's rated R. Um, I think primarily because of language. Oh no, nudity. I just remembered the yeah. nudity.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh male nudity, <laughs> which yep. is probably yep. why I had forgotten. Male it. frontal uh, <laughs> nudity. Vigo Mortensen. Yeah. Good old Vigo. Yeah. Um Vigo shows his Mortensen. Um, oh, his his
1: legoless. His, his,
0: <laughs> his, his Aragorn. Um so yeah, that's uh that's the basic details. But Chet, why don't you uh give us a little bit more information or, or what does the movie feel like?
2: Well
1: here here's the thing. You know, we we really, really want to be a, a podcast that delivers at least, you know, one strong recommendation a week that if you only have so much time to to watch a movie maybe with with your spouse or with you know a loved one or just you that you only have a little bit of time i like how you you're you're, you're preaching to all of us yeah, even hey, me all you know all inclusive here at down the hall this is the type of movie that you don't want to miss out on this is this is the type of movie that to me when i think of down the hall podcasts, i think of like movies like captain fantastic a movie that maybe would be uh, you know, less likely to jump out at you. Maybe, maybe you've never heard of it, uh, but so worth your time. Not a waste at all. And I really think that you know we're you know and yeah, I can talk a little bit more about why. But I would say right off the bat, this is one that you know strongly, strongly down the hall approved. You know, we made the joke it's Swiss Family Robinson meets Little Miss Sunshine, but really the story to me is is one that I've not seen attempted before. You have the the father in the very opening scene. Uh, the older brother, the oldest brother, kills like a deer with his bare hands and a knife. Like, just jumps on it and and kills it. And then Viggo Mortensen says, "Like, you've now become a man." Right. So it's like this this weird sort of ritual. And they all yeah. the kids are raised in this way. And the kids kids range. I'm sorry, the kids range in in different ages. Right. I think the yeah. oldest is probably 18. Yeah, 18 and college,
0: the, like about to go into college age.
1: The youngest might be four or five. Yeah, right? very young. And yeah. and. So, but the what the, the tension for the movie is created when very, very early on, and this is not a spoiler because this is something that's given away in the trailer. Um, very early on, the mother dies who mm. was not living with them, was somewhere else. And because of that, they are now all forced to go back into society to go to her funeral. You know, it starts out and you think, wow, what they're doing is really something like, it's really interesting, really cool. Right. Maybe that's the right approach. Like maybe he's right. And as the movie keeps going, you begin to see the other side of it. You begin to see, you know, the, the kids are just awkward. They're socially right. awkward. And I don't mean, you know, maybe that's not even the best way to say, it, but they don't really know how to be in society, mm-hmm. obviously. They yeah. don't They don't really understand human interaction besides like how they've interacted with each other. And I think maybe even further than that, they don't understand sort of the intricacies of life. Like they, under, they know things about life, yeah. but they don't really understand sort of the the day-to-day living of what it means to be like a functioning member of society. Right. Um, So you kind of see both sides of it. You say, wow, this is actually, wow, they're, they're, you know, clearly these kids are off to a great head start in terms of what they understand, what they know, you know, their, their level of, you know, health and, and kind of their strength and, and everything. But then you, you also see maybe, maybe they're at a disadvantage. Maybe this is almost a form of child abuse because yeah. of how how disadvantaged they might be right and so that's that's the tension throughout the movie
0: yeah right i think yeah if, if i was going to jump in i i think i agree with all of that and it's it's a pretty interesting watch you know because because yeah. like you said i think as you sit there and you look at it you know in its own you know kind of in a vacuum if you will like looking at it you're like oh wow this is like a really unified family mm-hmm. who's really capable they're really intelligent but they're not just like book smart they're like You know, they're fully thinking at really really young ages. You know, they're all very clearly intelligent, clearly people who uh, are performing at a very high level. Now, that said, you know, I think once you see them then interacting with other people, I think it's easy to look at that and be like, wow, that's a really capable individual. But then, you know, in that reintegration, you say like, yeah, but do they even, you know... Like how big a problem is it if you don't really know what's appropriate of how to react? Mm -hmm. For instance, the proposal scene. So there.
1: Right. Well, I mean, leading up to that, they've, so now they have to go back into society. They have this like family bus that they drive around. And so they all pile in and now they're on this. Essentially, this kind of road trip back into society, right? Which is where the Little Miss Sunshine thing comes from. Oh, yeah, yeah the yeah. road trip, for but, sure, yeah. But so they they kind of one of the stops is at a, a camp a campsite, yeah. So they, they pull up and there's all these families and their campers camped out, and yeah, there's the older the oldest son meets a girl,
0: meets a girl is you know spending time with her kind of throughout the day, uh, and they're having like a you know good conversation talking about a, a number of different things, and I think you know he's clearly like attracted and interested in her. And I think she's like, you know, she's interested in him too. I think like, you know, he's probably different than people that she's talked to before, you know, so they had started to make out. And at one point I think they're going back to her trailer. uh, like, so where
1: she is and. um, Oh, there's a little bit of buildup. Like there's the brushing of the hand, you know, then Rodney starts giggling and then, you know, I I saw you and then, you know, then they start making out and Rodney's like super giggling. And then. (laughs) That, you know, I, I just I just remember this experience a little differently than, than
0: maybe you. Anyway, carry that on. That is, no, 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 I wasn't hiding that. Yeah. That's that's how I react to everything. Is that yeah. not how most adult men react to Maybe
1: this? the giggling, but I don't know about like the two hands clenched up against your own face as you were giggling. Like, I, I, don't I don't know. know. I, I guess that's just, I, I thought
0: that was pretty normal. Yeah. I, I thought you were the one that was weird. So yeah, I'm sure we'll hear back from this episode who's weirder. Um. So yeah, so anyway, this, this is built up and then... The mother kind of sees them as they're coming back. And so at, at which point he, his reaction is to like get down on a knee and essentially propose to this girl. You know, you realize like he is a hundred percent genuine in everything that he's saying, you know, he's like head over heels and his only understand or his only reaction is to say like, this is the, the appropriate thing to do in this situation. But obviously anybody who's watching is like, Oh, this is a kid with no sense at all. I sincerely hope you two lovebirds haven't been doing what I think you've been doing.
1: I know what you think, but I know that your daughter has taught me many things just now. She has... Broaden my mind. She has helped me grow. When we just kissed for the first time just then, it, the endorphins that your daughter sent through my body were like dolphins swimming through my bloodstream. The way she has opened me up, she has penetrated deep inside of me. And I know that I have penetrated deep, deep inside of your daughter. And been, what, not, not like that. I would love to want, when, when is necessary. Oh, For I I want kids someday—not right now, of course—but when you're ready, when when I'm ready, because I think this should be a shared decision. This is a decision that we should make together. But when you are ready, I will be ready. I am ready for you, if you will have me, Claire.
2: What's your last name? McCune. Claire McCune. Will you be my wife? (laughs)
0: okay funny man i'm sure your dad's waiting up yeah it those are the kinds of scenes that you sit there and go like oh is this person who in this earlier setting i thought wow that's a really capable well-rounded individual yeah you then see them in this other setting you go wait actually i think there is this other gap that this kid has now that is important yeah i'm not sure exactly how to measure it on a scale but the ability to interact with others is, is extremely important. Yes. And, and he lacks it or specifically, you know, the kids and the way they're being raised, maybe they are lacking something that is essential.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think what your point, your point's great that early on in the movie, maybe I didn't do a good enough job explaining it too, is that you, you are very, it's, it, you're very impressed by these kids initially. And then you, but then once you see them interacting with other people, which is obviously a very valuable part of being a human, um, and they they're, they're almost they're next to incapable, right? right in terms of actual human yeah, interaction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Frank Langella he comes in and he his I always role, think of him from the box with the voice. He's
0: like a creepy deep
1: voice. I don't know that I know that one. The movie? No, I don't think yeah. so. So, uh, so he he his role is important too because he plays sort of the reasonable other side of it, right? He he's the one who is at odds with the father with Viggo mm-hmm. Mortensen, and he's saying he's like, a lawyer, right? I think so. And he he. Uh, he just wants what's best for his grandkids. But yeah, ultimately it's, it's, it's such a unique story in the sense that it makes you think from both sides of it. Yeah. You don't really know what you think throughout the whole time.
0: Yeah. I mean, some people might, I mean, I think if you have kids, you might, you, you you might have one opinion versus another. I mean, I could see, I could see people with kids thinking, you know, really either side. Yeah. I guess Uh, maybe a better way of
1: saying is that the movie does a good job to not sell one side or the other. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. They, it shows both. Yep. So
0: Chet, um as I do every week, I'm going to tee you up perfectly by saying, you know, that's all what we think. We think that the movie does do a good job of not selling too hard. But what do the actual experts think? Because no one really cares what we think.
1: Well, let's take a look, Rado. Hate, hate, hate. Hate, hate, hate. Double hate. lose
2: entirely. I like you a lot.
1: Okay, let's start with the worst review. Okay, that way we can end on a positive note. So the worst review actually comes from Roger Ebert.com, which is much, oh, really? much more reputable than some of the ones we pull out of the bag, right? Dissolve. The dissolve. Uh, so it says this, Captain Fantastic treats the situation and Ben, Ben being the father, so uncritically and so sympathetically that there is a total disconnect between what is actually on screen and what the director thinks is on screen. Now, I read this before and I had to read it a couple times through to really grasp what was being said here. And I think what, what the point is, is that they aren't harsh enough on the idea that he's removed these kids from society. Yeah. And what I think is a strength of the movie is that they are not <laughs> I was so far to one side or the li- other.
0: Literally diametrically opposed and to what we're And they're did. saying like,
1: how dare you even for a second pretend that the that the living outside of society could ever be good, right? Right, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know I don't know that I agree with that, but that's but you know what, you know what though? This is less to me of a of a take on the movie and it's more of a take on the parenting.
0: Yeah, no, it's that is a you know, parent if you will. Like that is someone who is sitting An there angry looks mom. looks at this situation as like that's so irresponsible yeah. the fact that I'm supposed to watch this movie and no one is yelling about how irresponsible this is or that the overall or overarching message is and Vigo Mortensen yeah. should not be apparent. Right. That that's not the, that that's what they're complaining about. But I feel like the movie was intentionally not that. So I don't know.
1: Definitely feels like it was written by an angry mom. And it makes me think that she was probably like hard typing that. Yeah, yeah. Was, did
0: you, did you yeah. actually look, is it like, do we have the name? I have like, a of name. The author?
1: It's Sheila O'Malley. So an angry Irish mom. So <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> All right, so I'm Screen Irish, so name, I can, can see that. Angry Mom
0: One Hundred and One.
1: <laughs> the best review came from the rap.
0: <laughs> w R A P. So this time, a reputable, uh, reputable bad review and a non-reputable, less than reputable great positive review. review.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, it says this: the movie really belongs to Mortensen, and who allows Ben to be exasperating, arrogant, and impatient, but also warm, loving, and caring. He's a tough but adoring father, a grieving widower, and an angry defender of his wife's final wishes. And Mortensen plays all of these notes and more with subtlety and grace. Agreed. Yeah, he he there are parts there are parts of the movie where he is so obnoxious. Like he's so distinctly set in his thought process yeah. that it's destructive.
0: Also, he's harsh. He's very harsh to, like, you know, yep. one of the really young kids. They're, they're all collectively climbing a rock face, and the kid clearly like breaks his wrist or his hand, and he doesn't he, help him at all. Yeah, he just basically says, "Well, what would you do? Figure what would out, you do right? in the wilderness?"
1: But then, in, in, in the same way, though, there's also plenty of times where he's extremely warm, loving, and caring. So, I, yeah, this is a great. This is a great take on on his, at least Viggo Mortensen's performance. Yeah, you know, something tells me though that I don't think Vigo had to go. Too far to get into character. Something tells me he would be that. You guy. think? You I think, think he so. is that guy. I think so.
0: I can't tell what I think. I I really only think of him. Was his role in Lord of the Rings like his breakout role? Like he wasn't a famous. Basically anything where he isn't like uh a person very capable in the wilderness. I just think, man, eh, it doesn't seem believable. Like if he doesn't have a crazy beard, I don't want to. Like I just don't want to pay attention to him.
1: You want nothing to do with him. Not really. And I'm so glad you don't say that about me, though.
0: Uh, well, I just wouldn't ever want anything
1: to do with you, ever. Slightly more if I had a beard? Less, I think. Okay, this is confusing. What did the IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes say?
0: Uh, so IMDb, it's a 7.9 rating on IMDb. Mm-hmm. So again, very high rating for, yeah. for IMDb. I feel like, you know, I don't know. Do we know what the threshold is? I think anytime you're starting to tip into the sevens, you're doing pretty well. If you're above mid-sevens, then you're it's a high quality movie, in my opinion. So 7.9. I think that's fair. uh, Rotten Tomatoes, which again is kind of the, the percentage which critics uh, give it a favorable review is 83%. So 83% of actual movie critics um, do give it a favorable review. So definitely, you know, we're not the only one saying it's a good movie. This isn't us, you know, kind of contradicting what's out there. We are in agreement with the, the ratings. So, um chet what did you give it
1: i gave it an eight so 7.9 on imdb and i gave it an eight right there right yeah um but definitely a strong eight to me it wasn't it, honestly i was actually debating eight or nine Oh, really i went eight
0: yeah i mean i went eight i wasn't close to nine uh i would be closer to seven i guess but it's definitely a strong was like it's it's better than most movies
1: that i would recommend for sure can i tell you why i gave it an eight like why i almost gave it a nine um i guess so I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you why i gave <laughs> I it a figured, name why i almost gave it a name, i give so. you that like
0: slow debate whether i wanted you to tell it or not
1: vigo mortensen was great yes the story was unique yes it made me think about what i actually believed about the subject yes and i was super impressed by the cast of characters who actors who played the kids so true the youngest especially uh those few younger kids yeah i'm always blown away by that always blown away by that and that actually leads us into our topic for today, which is um, just the idea of, of kid actors.
0: It makes, I mean, it, it literally makes no sense to me.
1: And we don't mean early teens. We mean, like, children. We mean, actually, kids. Yeah, right. Like, only order mac and cheese from a menu type of kids, right?
0: Yeah, because I think, you know, like, if you were to take any adult, right? Nothing like, against mac and cheese. I, 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 um, I think if you were to take any adult you could probably get them to be able to act. Like, obviously, you know, there are better and worse actors. There are people more capable, like looks have something to do, you know, like all of it matters in terms of the, the grand scheme of things. But I think if you were to put any adult, you could put them through enough practice that they could act. But I think, you know, when it comes to kids, it, there's something about like, I, I am just blown away by the idea of like, where does this come from? Like how, How can you be that age and literally be capable of like performing and also understanding that you are playing the role of somebody else, not yourself, and getting it like getting that you're selling emotion?
1: Reciting lines is one thing, right? But it's an entirely different thing to have your your face and the different intricacies of how you carry yourself and your eyes and how you yeah, just everything about it is far more than just you can have a kid memorize a song or or a poem you know that happens all the time at, at every every like third grade talent show but we're talking here about actually great performances as actors by kids under the age of like 10 yeah it's crazy a few come to mind for me i remember um i remember really being impressed by jaden smith and the pursuit of happiness
0: yeah give me i remember i haven't seen the movie in a long time give me like an example of like i don't know
1: yeah, I mean, it's been a while since I've seen it too, but that was a really emotionally jarring movie. And Will yeah. Smith had a lot of very intense, uh, emotion-filled scenes. Yeah. And Jaden Smith had to meet his emotion in a lot of those scenes. Right. I think of two distinctly, one when they're shooting hoops. Yeah. Just, I just... Do you think it that it helps,
0: like, in that situation that it was his dad?
1: Oh, definitely. I, I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. His dad just told him before the scene, like, you're grounded. And then he's like, <laughs> all right, quick, quick. Roll the cameras. <laughs> and now he's crying. Yeah. Man, this kid can can you see can how act, he matched his you know? emotion. You see how
0: he, how upset he seemed. Um, I I guess for me, I always think of well, I don't always think of, but uh, what comes to mind is the is Kirsten Dunst in Interview with a Vampire. And I, I'm going to ask you. I'm going uh, to you know we we started to talk about this, and I, I do want to talk. I think to me, it's more impressive when a kid actor is. Not just, you know, acting, Mm -hmm. but also not just doing like a comedic thing, you know, because I think we've talked about Little Miss Sunshine and Mm -hmm. uh, Abigail Breslin, who is in that, um, does a fantastic job. And I think that's another great, great example that we could we could talk about. But I think like Kristen Dunst in this and any role that I'm extremely impressed with is one that is not just comedy based. I feel like when it's like you're able at a really young age to command motion and or convey like a range of emotions including like yeah you know being upset or making like the audience feel something because like yeah. kristen Dunst, i think was playing like a vampire who had like who had been around for a long time so there's almost like wisdom there sure and she was able to like pull that off so to me
1: you're saying that that's more impressive than just sort of a comedy role right I think so, yeah. Okay. You know what? I want to disagree with you because I, not even disagree with you, but maybe challenge a little bit because I think that comedy isn't always, I think with kids in movies, comedy can sometimes be summed up in just a cute thing they say or do. Yeah. Especially with TV shows. Right. And, And that's fine. But I think there are other occasions where comedy is more than just saying a cute thing, saying a funny thing, doing a funny thing. Right. Physical comedy. Yeah. I think it's a lot to do with Timing and delivery, yeah. and for anybody yeah. to have a command of timing and delivery, yeah. I think takes a level of intelligence and self awareness. Yes, for anybody. Yeah. And so if a kid is able to demonstrate that, yeah. I think that's very impressive. Yeah. But I would agree with you, especially when it comes to the two specific actors I want to yeah bring to you, like bring to this yeah. conversation. That I am more impressed typically by a a child actor playing a, a dramatic role. As right. opposed to like what you're describing, just sort of the comedy. So to yeah. me, does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah,
1: to me, the 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 number one that's always stood out to me was Pierce Gagnon from yeah. Looper. Okay, the kid in Looper was he he doesn't he's not even in the first the first act of the movie. He comes in later, right? And from but the, from the moment he enters that movie, every scene with him, I was like locked onto him, immediately right. drawn to him. Right. He's he's very very good. Um, he plays a very dark character. Right. And for a little kid to be exactly, such, yeah. like, it's like, I remember being almost creeped out by him. Yeah. Right. And the other one was recently in Lion. Uh, Lion tells two parts of a story, tells about the same same actor, or same character rather, younger version of the of the main character and an older version. So the younger version is played by Sonny Powar, Yeah. And his journey of kind of getting lost and then what the threats he you know, experienced as he was then trying to get to like a safe place and where he ended up being adopted. How he conveyed that was my favorite part of the movie. Why, why I love that movie. It was a great movie all the way through. Yeah. What really won me over was actually the first, I would say half of it, which was where he was the main, the main focus. Okay. He was was incredible. I know you haven't seen it yet, but that, that to me, he was so, so good
0: continue to make the point to I, I think another famous role of a kid in a movie mm-hmm. uh like widely known role that I think would be further evidence of like oh this this I think makes my point like not that he did a bad job was Macaulay Culkin and the Home Alone yes place. yeah you know because I think he really did do a good job like I mean that's still really impressive what he did you know like he carried a movie at a really young age but at the same time I feel like a lot of what he brought to the table was just being a cute kid. Yep. You know, like being yeah, a cute kid who threw who threw paint cans down at like a guy nobody wants to like anyway, you know? Joe Pesci. What, what, no, Joe Pesci, but who's, what's the name of the actor or the other guy? You
1: know what's funny? As you're talking about this and you're talking about him being impressive, Macaulay Culkin, all I can think about is that episode we did about best holiday movies and you you talking about how when you first saw Home Alone, you thought it was like a serious <laughs> action movie and you were so... Oh, yeah. You As a little true, kid thought it, it, yeah, he was yeah. like, Macaulay Culkin was the greatest action hero of our time. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it wasn't until later that you thought, huh, yeah. this seems absurd. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, if you were two robbers that really couldn't, like, get through a booby-trapped house by this kid, like, man, y- you need to, like, just, just stay put in prison. Don't tell anybody either. But anyway, I, I think that would be an example of... Macaulay Culkin would outsmart us. If True, we were the probably. robbers, we would be. Yeah, but I'm not a good thief. I didn't claim to be a good thief. I didn't. I wasn't the sticky bandits or whatever sure. they were called. Is that the st- what they called the them? sticky
1: bandits? Yeah, that's what they called themselves. That's who the the.
0: Uh, they would put like glue on their gloves, and they'd go by the uh, the. Uh, who's that? I, think Saint, the, I think, the the Salvation Army. Bucket. I think,
1: I think the Sticky Bandits was the actual name of the the team from the Sandlot.
0: Was it? I don't know. It just seems. That was, but then this, you know, because that was another example of another kid of those are all kids. But, you know, that I think you made a good point to me too, that I was thinking of like a kid who, uh, what was his name in that? Porter, Ham Porter. Porter. Ham, uh, you know, where he's delivering comedic lines at a, at a pretty young age.
1: And the only um, problem with that is I'm starting to blur lines now. Cause I don't know if it's more impressive that he did that or that Benny the jet pickled the beast stop it okay well fair enough (laughs) benny the jet had pf flyers
0: um he didn't do anything if the judges if we could go to the judges scorecard i think they would say and i think you said it too you're not giving a kid a benefit of the day you know what i mean like you're being won over by um that kid's performance just like you would be an adult you know what i mean like i don't think we don't go into a movie um you know, giving someone the benefit of the doubt necessarily that they're a great actor, or you know, I think when you see a kid, you're not going to be as critical of a kid who doesn't deliver lines all that well.
1: Yeah, and if I were to deconstruct it a little further, and Legna hates when I do this, yeah, um, because I I I do do this all the time. But, yeah. uh to deconstruct it in my mind, like yeah. what makes a performance any acting performance impressive? Right. It's uh, well, I think acting is the ability to have the intelligence to. Look at something and understand what you're trying to convey. Yep. So intelligence first, self-awareness second, being able to understand what you need to do or what you aren't doing in order to convey it. Yep. And then delivery. Yeah. So intelligence, self-awareness, delivery, whether that be in a comedic role with timing and delivery or whether it be in a dramatic role, that's more impressive than just your typical cute kid who does the truffle shuffle, right? Right. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, so yeah. we'd agree about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that applies to any actor.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And and I guess no, 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 you're right. And I think but I think that there is something to be said about the greatest acting performances of all time. Very rarely is a comedic performance probably on that list. True. You know? Yeah. And I think that's part of my whole thought process too. I think one that I think being able to get a kid to just be cute or funny is one thing versus like being able to get a kid to understand like hey you're trying to really convince sadness and loss you know (laughs) because it's like how does a six-year-old know what loss is right really yeah you know true um and so when you do get that feeling when you see a kid doing it i I, part of me just thinks like oh man maybe that's why they all grow up to be screwed up you know (laughs) you're taking it away too early you're getting them to understand loss too early
1: Yeah, I mean, so, you know, as, as we go, if you, the listener, um, feel like there's a, a kid actor performance that really impressed you that you want to uh, give attention to, reach out to us on Twitter, email us, yeah, let definitely. us know. I think that's a fun conversation to have, keep going. Yeah. Also, I will say, if you enjoy this movie, if you enjoy Captain Fantastic, let us know. Tell us about it. We'd love yeah. to hear it.
0: Also, if you like me better than Chet,
1: yeah, we'd love to hear it. I can give you, yeah, that's fine. Yeah,
0: that's whatever. If you like chat more than us, keep it to yourself. More than us, <laughs> more than if you us. like chat more than me, keep it to yourself.
1: Thanks. Yeah, I mean, look, if you want to give Rodney an IMDb rating and me an IMDb rating, uh, you know, we can go that route. Um, but as for now, what we'll do is this: we're going to get into a little bit more, a, a kind of spoiler section of of the episode. And so as we're transitioning that way, I just want to remind you and and thank you. Um, all those who have already gone on our website to recommend movies to us. We Mm -hmm. had, now granted, I think maybe somebody might have been messing with us today yeah. because we had Mean Girls 2. What about Legally Blonde 2? As one of the options. What about Legally Blonde 2? I I hope that's one of them because I've already seen it. You can go in and you can recommend.
0: No, no, no. I wouldn't need to. I'm just hoping that I've seen
1: most of the movies that they recommend, you know? You go to downthehallpodcast.com, scroll down. Yep. And in the bar, you can type in a movie. Basically what this is is we are not movie reviewers we're not film critics we are just regular dudes who love movies yep and our biggest thing is trying to find one strong recommendation a week to help yep. you figure out w-
0: we want to spread the word of good movies that are easy that are easy to find or are being overlooked uh that people should see that's what we want to do
1: or as the kids would say if someone's sleeping on a movie bring it to our attention sleeping with i believe is the term i think that's another thing kids say oh okay yeah.
0: And, Chad, I guess I would be remiss to uh, not mention that people should check us out on Monday nights as we are on the Checked Out in Jersey podcast where we convince or where we try and convince, I guess I should say, Matt and Pete uh, why they should watch our movie Pick of the Week. They do a show on Facebook Live on Mondays, but then they also put it into a podcast form. So if you don't get a chance to see us live, you can download the podcast and, uh, you know, skip to just the recommendation part, I guess, if you want. Chad, do you think that this is a movie that has
1: the right kind of nudity for Matt? Are you asking that because that's one of his primary questions every time we, uh, we recommend a movie for him? That that is why I'm asking. I don't know that he ever really specified what type of nudity he looks for in movies, but there is some, as we already mentioned. Um, I think we'll have to, you know, wait to see what Matt says about it afterwards. I I, I think it's a yes. He'll probably text us, but like we said, at this point in the episode, if you're convinced you want to go see Captain Fantastic, but you don't want anything spoiled for you, now is the time for you to get out of here. Go skedaddle. Uh, as the rest of the episode goes, we're going to get into a few more details that might spoil things, so... I told you not to give details. Yeah, well, you're the one who gave me the details.
0: Um... Chet, so I think, you know, in the spoiler section, now that we're uh, free and clear to say whatever we want, that's we're amongst what that means, friends. right? We
1: are amongst um, friends.
0: <laughs> I think something that is worthwhile to have the conversation now is just a more detailed conversation about, okay, is Vigo Mortensen, what Vigo Mortensen is doing? Like, is it, you know, how bad is it? Or, you know, are the pros, Do would you say that the pros, you know, outweigh the cons in terms of, you know, raising his kids, you know, outside of society with the ability to kind of influence them in the way that he sees fit. Um you know, because there's a few scenes that now specifically that I'd like to to talk through. Yeah. But just generally speaking, I don't know, did you end up finding yourself on one side of that argument or another?
1: Yeah, I think in the beginning of the movie, I was like I said earlier, very impressed. I'm yeah. impressed by their survival skills. I'm yep. impressed by their fighting skills. Yep. I'm impressed by the fact that they were able to climb that rock wall, right? That yep. they, and that these kids are sitting around a fire reading books that right. everyone should read, really. Right. And that they're having really intelligent conversations. And anytime that it sounds like they're just regurgitating information, he challenges right. them to actually think, right? right? That was super impressive to me. Yeah. By the time the movie really found its conflict... Now, far be it from me to question Aragorn, son of Arathorn. Just stop it with that, Viggo. Um, but by the time the movie found its conflict, it was clear to me that I, had, my biggest, my biggest thing was, well, it doesn't seem consistent with Vigo Mortensen's character. Um, the idea that he was a former college professor had all of these ideas about society and about how he thinks a kid, like kids, should be raised. It doesn't seem consistent that he would discredit the value of being a functioning member of society. Right. That seemed odd to me that he wouldn't realize the strength of uh, what that can bring in in terms of someone's development.
0: Yeah. I think that's the thing though, right? It's you're, you're at odds. You're at odds with, I mean, I, I guess I get what you're saying. I think for me, you know i get what you're saying in terms of survival skills and all of that and so i don't want to belittle any of those things i think i was definitely more gravitating towards being impressed with the fact that at really young ages they're really thoughtful individuals really mm-hmm. um and you know like kind of ahead of their age group's ability to kind of think and process and reason um and to me i think that's a really valuable asset but it's a really valuable asset for where to me for society <laughs> you know like right Great. If you can do that, you know, you have the ability to have these conceptual thoughts. But I think these conceptual thoughts that you're talking about are um applicable
1: to the world. And there's a great scene later where the oldest son, Bodavin, I think is his name, or Bodovan. Bod- yeah. yeah. They all had weird names. Bodovan, Vesper. Kyler, Vesper, Aurelian. Yaya, Zaja, Zaja,
0: and Nye. So yeah, they're they're clearly all specifically named but after, you know, crazy things
1: late in the film. Bodovan, the oldest son
0: mm-hmm.
1: has a, has a real breaking point right. where he loses it on, right. on Ben, on Viggo Mortensen, Yeah. Side. And he says to him, you know, everything I know, you've made us freaks. Everything right. I know I got from a book. Right. I don't actually know anything. Right. And
0: this is still the, this is the same son who, that we talked about earlier, proposed, you know, proposed to a girl after one day after making out with her, right? You know, like he, and also, I think also, and I guess this would be one of the things that we would have probably been sensitive to not have said in the pre-spoiler section, which is all of the acceptance letters that he has from every single college that he applied to every single college, which was an incredibly, you know, difficult college to get into. He's accepted into all of them and his application to those colleges he had done secretly yeah unbeknownst with yeah yeah without vigo mortens's knowledge so without his dad's knowledge and he had done it with the help of his mother yeah and so that was with the first place where you started to get the tension of you know you knew his mother had been sick and had passed away but was on board at some point with this whole idea of growing up in the wilderness because the mother had been out there with them at one point yeah um however you know you realize she had then committed suicide later, you know, that part of her moving out there was also potentially a plan of trying to help her with yeah. her mental, mental illness. And then in that process, she's obviously had the conflict and maybe the realization that this isn't everything.
1: You, you almost know? then wonder if, if Beagle Mortensen's character, Ben, you almost then wonder if some of his stubbornness is rooted in needing to make this work. Right. So that, so that in his mind, he knows it wasn't an indi- like a factor in his wife's suicide.
0: Yeah, right. And if Vigo Mortensen is going to continue to keep them there, You know, it's now like, okay, you made this decision initially for this other reason. That person who you made that decision with is no longer here and potentially started to disagree with the decision in the first place. So now you are on your island, and sure, you've gotten kids to be bought in with you, but you also now are starting to get a little bit of dissension from your kids as they then confront the real world and say, I thought I was prepared for this world, but I'm not. Because I don't get anything of what's happening out here. People reference Nikes, and I don't get what they're saying. You know, Then at that point, you have that moment. And, and I can relate to that feeling of being that age where people talk about things that you don't get and they laugh. Like Emotionally, that doesn't feel good. You know, you feel like you don't get something, you know.
1: You talking about when you grew up in Paraguay?
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, as you come back and and just that feeling of like anytime that people come back and they laugh about something or the where you recognize like, oh, I'm out of the loop. You know what I mean? This is something yeah. everyone gets that I don't get. And, you know, that feeling you inevitably feel like, oh, there's something r- not wrong with me, but like. There's some, I thought that I knew all of this stuff and I do know a whole bunch of stuff, but I don't obviously know critical things that other people know.
1: But Rodney, you knew Spanish. That's true. So one of the, what, uh, that scene where the oldest son confronts the father, it reminded me kind of in a different way about the conversation that Robin Williams has with Matt Damon in Goodwill Hunting on the park bench.
2: You've never been out of Boston. if I asked you about art, you'd probably give me the skinny on every art book ever written. Michelangelo. I know a lot about him. Life's work, political aspirations, him and the Pope, sexual orientation, the whole works, right? I bet you can't tell me what it smells like in the Sistine Chapel. You've never actually stood there and looked up at that beautiful ceiling. ask you about war, you'd probably uh, throw Shakespeare at me, right? Once more into the breach, dear friends. But you've never been near one. You've never held your best friend's head in your lap and watched him gasp his last breath looking to you for help. You're an orphan, right? Do you think I'd know the first thing about how hard your life has been? How you feel, who you are, because I've all of a twist. Does that encapsulate you?
1: The conflict between knowing something and having experienced something. So the son knows a lot of things. Right. The children know a lot of things. Right. They know how to do a lot of things. Right. Can, they even grasp concepts. Right. And can articulate concepts. Right. But in terms of the application of those right. things in society. Yeah. Right. They're lacking.
0: Right. Unless you're also, unless they're going hand in hand, what's the point? Right. right. Yes. Because I I, I agree with you. And I also think, you know, Viggo Mortensen and and like the opposite side, like if you were in his camp, right? If you're in the camp of like, this is what you should be doing. I think you look at our society and go, your TVs, Uh your junk food, your, Uh your all of the stuff. And all of those things are true in the sense that they're easier, you know? So do we gravitate towards those things? Yeah, probably. Because at the end of the day, it's easier to do that than it is to have a really real conversation or to you know, watch a movie rather than even though this is a movie podcast. Watch a movie than read a keep book, watching you know? movies. It's it's yeah. okay. <laughs> um, but I no, I, I agree with you that it's. Uh, I think that that scene is a is a great one for this. I feel like we we, we covered it. I mean, I, I think if we, there's anything that you feel like we missed or that we should have said, you should continue the conversation with us. Whether that's again by email, on Twitter, uh, on our blog posts that we do for for every episode. Uh, we got no live so we'll, we'll, we'd love to continue this conversation but we also want to give you back time in your day I guess to probably go do your other important
1: things which is why we're saving you the time of looking for a movie and we're telling you go watch this one so you can find us on Twitter at down the hall guys. you can email us down the podcast at gmail.com and you can go to our website downthehallpodcast.com where you could again recommend a movie for us. Uh, we are on iTunes and as of today we are also on Google Play
0: for like the, uh, the Androids from Westworld.
1: Correct. Yeah. So Bernard. 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 So like always, I'm Chet. That is Rodney over there. And we appreciate you guys. We'll talk to you soon.